1: Yo, what's good? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for July 6th, 2022. I'm your host, Janet Garcia, and joining me is Jared Petty, the legend, the man, the myth, the legend. Welcome. Woo!
0: Doki Doki, glad to be here uh, alongside the the crown jewel of the Kind of Funny tiara, uh, Janet Garcia. I mean, this is just, I, oh, I don't you. think we've ever gotten to do this kind of funny together before, have we? This is our first time
1: no this is our first time doing it and um it's our i think second time doing content together from uh your show
0: right Uh, the uh the the aforementioned top 100 games podcast get that plug in kids but yeah janet it is like anytime i'm here i'm just tickled pink this is my favorite thing in the world to do because of terrible darts but also the opportunity to finally be here with you because i have admired your work literally from the the very first time i saw it and uh, as you have continued through and become more and more of a, of a hosting a personality oriented creator i you just you just you're so good and i love 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 watching you and hearing you and so the chance to be here and be a tiny little part of what you're creating makes me feel really happy
1: oh thanks well i'm glad you could join us um for those who somehow have been living under a rock and don't know who you are um jared what is the elevator pitch of who you are? and please put the modesty aside Like, this is your time. Who are you? What do you do? How can people keep up with you?
0: I think I am probably the video game industry's only former pastor turned Japanese school teacher turned network administrator turned IT guy turned IGN video game person turned EA Star Wars person turned kind of funny emeritus occasional host turned uh, person who did Google stuff for a while turned limited run games uh publication uh, uh project manager so what i do at limited run is work on all kinds of things we do neat games with collectibles and stuff like that i work on the book end of things because we also make books which is a really really neat job because i get to edit books for a living now and that's really cool i dabble a little bit now in the world of development which is kind of fun very excited about that and yeah so i i think i'm i'm kind of a tumbleweed i don't have a career i just have a miasma of of weird experiences that add up to having absolutely no savings and having had a lot of fun. Um, you
2: have a career. Don't sell yourself short, Jared. Just because it's a unique career for your journey doesn't mean it's not a career, Jared, Betty. Hey, you're a Rolling well, Stone. What's that, Janet? You're a Rolling Stone. I am a Rolling Stone, and I
1: gather no moss. Uh,
0: but I, I also, unfortunately, gather no 401k. So those two things together That's don't work out thing. so That's
1: the thing. It'll creep up on you because I'm not going to lie. I'm looking back at my life, and I'm like – how are we gonna how are we gonna land this plane but you know what it's gonna happen you'll make you know you'll you'll get onto that boat um and it'll it'll be just fine but yeah you've floated around to so many different things um I feel like you've lived like multiple lives in the industry which I think is really cool personally like I think that's One of the best like styles to do a career obviously like if you can be a for life or somewhere that sounds a lot less stressful but as someone that also has been bouncing around different projects and doing a lot of stuff um i think it's really cool looking at someone like you and seeing The trajectory and i think your willingness to go into the directions that you're pulled in i think so often there's such a big hesitancy in changing things up but like seeing your career and having conversations with you like i think it's so admirable that you have been so willing to venture into the unknown and then totally kill it when you get there
0: well i mean you you know more about that than than anybody i think i i you you have like seven jobs you're good at all of them uh and and it's one of the things i really admire about you and i think i have a lot of fun just going back and forth because i do feel a sense of of context with you i i didn't plan this i never planned on working in video games it was an accident this was a hobby i didn't even start working in games till i was over 30 and mm-hmm. it was just it was not the plan i just liked writing about video games for fun and that turned into a thing i'm so lucky and so many people opened so many doors uh including i mean The best job I've ever had. I've had a lot of great jobs in video games. I'm at a great job right now. But the best job I've ever had was a kind of funny where y'all just kick the door down and let me do all kinds of fun things. And I rewarded you by abandoning you.
2: It wasn't it wasn't working at IGN sitting next to me and watching me play Final Fantasy one really bad.
0: You know, I feel, I feel like I, we bring the story up every time I talk with you, Barrett, and you don't deserve, you didn't play old RPGs. You didn't know that you had to equip your weapons and armor. But I did, and that's, the for- that's the thing, that's
2: this thing, Jared. I, d- I grew up with Chrono Trigger and Final Fantasy Seven.
0: Oh, oh, Dude, you're like, this game's so hard, and I was like, Barrett, you've been playing for three
1: hours with no weapons.
2: Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> of it's hard. Right, It had been a long time since I had played a JRPG.
1: Maybe yeah. you're just really hardcore, Barrett. You know, that's like the true, the true experience is just yeah. going in unequipped exactly. and and just rolling around. There's seeing only what one happens. way to
2: kill chaos and it's with your fists. I mean, there's definitely, the black, um, oh.
1: there's, there's no experience like being at like, I guess really any office maybe like, I don't know, if, or but IGN specifically and playing a game and then having people just like casually walk up and they're like, oh, it's a Let's Play moment for me now. I was like don't come here i'm like rolling around the sand like i'm trying to find like secret passageways i don't know how to play the game yet you're asking me questions i feel very on right now just keep walking like don't that that was the worst about having a desk that like faced outward where people could just kind of at any moment just see what you were doing yeah Yeah. that's a lot it's a lot of pressure
0: i was so lucky i had that little corner like i started with an outfacing desk but the moment Mm -hmm. i got away into that corner i was just like you know what no one can see how bad i am at knack And I'm so glad. Uh, because uh, that, that would be disgraceful to be to be seen as bad at NAC. Yeah, as we oh, all there's know
1: there's always more time there's always time for an act um, just like there's always time to talk about today's stories which include God of War Ragnarok's release date for Spoken's delay and so much more because this is kind of funny games daily where each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games if you're watching live you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kind of you're wrong if you don't want to watch live you can watch later on YouTube youtube.com slash kind of funny games roosterteeth.com or listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily you can use epic creator code kind of funny on all epic store and epic end game purchases like rocket league and fortnite to help support kind of funny to be part of the show over to patreon.com slash kind of funny games where bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad free along with the exclusive daily post show some housekeeping for y'all we got merch of the month it's the tropical collection and it's live now designed by nick at campfire design studio you can head over to kind slash store uh, and the porty hats will be restocked on next on this oh, next friday go, friday yeah. the july 15th. 15th here
2: we go hammer <laughs> uh,
0: Already yeah, yeah. oh, love that game, it. Hammer. Come on, focus.
2: Whoa, check out those guys in the new Kind of Funny summer merch. Those new T-shirt colors are hot. And did you see those shades? Are those official Kind of Funny sunglasses? Ah, Woo, let's go. You better believe it. But wait, what about those sick beach towels in four different colors? Come on, baby. And check out those new pins on the brimless hat, jabroni.
0: That's enough playing with the boys for me. I'm going to go check that merch out at kindoffunny.com slash store.
3: kindoffunny.com slash store.
1: That was a lot. That was an experience. Um, Also, it kind (laughs) of got like Hungry Eyes vibes at the end of the instrumental. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so if you want to live out what that just was, Head over to kindoffunny.com slash store and get that summertime merch. Um, Screencast is also popping off today. Our reactions to the Clerks 3 trailer should be live soon. And later we have our review of Miss Marvel Episode 5 over on youtube.com slash funny And on podcast services around the globe when you search for funny screencast. Thank you to our Patreon producers, Fargo Brady. Today we're brought to you by Chime and Shopify, but we'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin what is and forever will be. The Roper Report.
2: <laughs> it's time it's for it's
1: some it's news. It's we have seven stories today.
2: baker's dozen.
1: Starting with the lead one, when I woke up today and it was like today is going to be a good day. We got God of War Ragnarok's release date. It's here. It exists. It's happening. Uh and was kind of just dropped a little bit unceremoniously on Twitter uh just there with the image and then just a little bit of text saying God of War Ragnarok on PS4 and PS5 November 9th, 2022. It's officially coming. Again, that's PS5, PS4 on November 9th, 2022. Mark your calendars. I already need I didn't have time today, but I am go re-download the game, experience it. You know, people people were talking about, are we doing a replay or not? Like, I'm I'm super excited for this. Um, And they mentioned, we're thrilled to share our release date and the brand new God of War Ragnarok Father and Son CG trailer um, with all of God of War fans who have been eagerly awaiting the news. And then they have um, this short kind of cinematic clip um, and in it you know you see Kratos like fall you know down below uh, atreus calls out to him um, and there's sort of a, a bunch of different combat going on at the bottom and uh, there's a little bit of dialogue tossed in there as well whether you know talking about when you're at your weakest and the fear and doubt are a burden too heavy to bear remember this you're not alone it's that crazy shot of that giant ass wolf. So I'm here here for the combat. I'm here for giant wolf and I really like this as uh, I think just a bit of like tonal set dressing to that release date. It definitely doesn't, you know, reinvent the wheel on what we know about the game, but I think it, you know, gives you a little bit of flavor, and it's like a a nice pairing, I think, for uh, that release date. But before we get into it, I do want to shout out too that there's four editions of God of War Ragnarok that are going to be available. Uh, The pre-order starts July 15th for those at 10 a.m. local time. That's Eastern for North America. Uh, And you can head over to the PlayStation blog to um, read more about that and the different versions. They have, like, a wild collector's edition. They have um, an edition even above that uh, called the Yachtner edition that has like, you know, music. You get the digital download code, which I know can be contentious for some people not getting that code with um, the collector's editions. But yeah, you can get like a steel book, carvings, a dice set, um, you know, a replica of uh, the... Molner, like it's a bunch of you know wild stuff if you're interested It's funny because it also includes that a uh, ps4 theme and I'm like, where's the ps5 theme? Ugh. Where are our themes? Um, but read again head over to the blog for all those details you get a bunch of like digital items as well So if you are interested in going all in on this um, Maybe start to think about you know what version you want to end up buying or even if you just want to do a standard pre-order um, But to lead us into our conversation Jared, I want to bring in a question from Jake Bakes Cates Takes who writes in and says, good morning, Janet, and whoever had the privilege to join you. Well, that's Jared. Welcome, Jared. Uh, God of War Ragnarok has a release date, and all the weirdo assholes online can finally calm down. Uh, if only. If only, Jake. Uh, what can this game do to avoid the sequel problem of, this feels, feels pretty familiar, sort of the one that Horizon Forbidden West in some ways faced. In other words, what could the sequel do to help the modern God of War franchise retain its masterpiece status? Jared. We turn our lonely eyes to you. What can this do to avoid that pitfall of being too much of the same?
0: So the the joy of a sequel, the tension point of a sequel, is that it's got to be quite a bit of the same. That's what we want. We pretend we don't want more of the same, but the fact of the matter is, is that even with the most brave and divergent sequels, we're still dealing with the same characters, the legacy plot lines from the first game. We're going to want those best parts to, to stand out and shine, so we're going to want to feel those epic combat mechanics, so much of, of what works about the first God of War is technical design. It, it's that that weird thing where you are not, and I'm not talking about the, the force feedback or haptic feedback on, on the controller, I'm talking about feeling the smack of that ax through the buttons, just through the way the game's designed where your body is literally like tensing up at that moment. So much of it's in that, so we do want those things. How do we make it better? Uh, I, I think the smartest way to do it is to do what the best people's do and grow with us. God of War is a story already about family and growing as a person. The first one was especially about a father growing. This game, I suspect, will largely be about a son growing. Uh, you know, this boy is a different person than he was only a couple of years ago. I just spent a week with my godkids, who are now two and a half. Last time I saw them, they were one and a half. Let me tell you what, one year and the life of a child is unfathomably transformative. So the boy that we're going to be hanging out with in this game, we will recognize him to a point, but he's grown. But that's okay, because so have we. When we started God of War, the first one, we were used to Kratos running around with his blades and smacking people up and being angry. And that's what Kratos did. By the end of that game, we were like, oh, my God, my heart, we love you. You are super dad, but also bad, but also we love you anyway. (laughs) And also you're kind of a weird analog for Cory Ballerog. But anyway, that's a whole other can of worms.
1: That's the best kind of game dad, though, right? (laughs) It's always a complicated relationship with your game dad.
0: And now we're going to have, I think, a complicated relationship with game dad and game son. I think we're going to grow in that. I think we're going to see what happens when people grow up. And that includes the tensions that come the problem with kratos and and the boy here is that our boy kratos kind of got what he wanted the boy did grow well okay that means becoming your own person and i suspect that that is very much going to be a theme of this game and the problem with someone you love becoming their own your own person is that they change on you mm.
3: the
0: people we love the most when they become their own people oh that is a violent terrifying crucible of an experience and not every relationship survives so how do we do it as the audience has grown through the first story and as we've grown through the years so likewise the story about growth continues and grows in a natural way instead of going the last of us route where one was about love another other was about hate i expect this to fully be a story about love but it's about how love is messy and complicated that's how they nail it in my opinion i've talked too long your thoughts Jenna?
2: especially just really quick just to bounce off that especially when the love is that y- the big wolf boy is uh you know your your grandson you know and it's it, it's your son's son because that's de- that's got to be Fenrir, uh if we're going to be honest and you know like this is pretty like common uh knowledge for um this uh lore and stuff this was covered in a, a bunch of different things but yeah that's uh, there's definitely going to be some really cool familial things that they do here Jared I'm, I'm definitely on board with with what you're saying here
1: yeah you know you mentioned that um you talked too long I don't think you talked long enough like people are eating it up in the chat and I was like hooked on yourself for like for this game like i got emotional hearing you talk about that and i think that speaks to also the quality of the storytelling in the game and and how god of war really was an experience that had different layers um in a way that i think we hadn't seen before from the franchise you know you mentioned like the origins of you know kratos is a pissed off person who just kills a bunch of people and you still have that element you have that flavor of of violence and grit and gore and um sort of almost like the like grinding of machinery against each other. Like there's no there's no cartilage there. It's bone on bone, but in a really good way. Um and that's always what God of War has been to me as someone who played the original like franchise back, you know, when it released back when. And you still had that, but you also had Heart, you had Layers. I mean, I remember playing God of War 2018. Um, For the first time, like probably pretty shortly after it launched and having that glorious moment of not realizing that I was out of uh, the cutscene That like this is we're in the game now and being like, oh man You just kind of pulled me in with you and I was just so enraptured by um, I think those opening hours and so many other moments to come with like the world serpent and you know I personally I was into the puzzle solving. I know some people maybe weren't as keen on it Um, I love the puzzles that they had in that game Um, but yeah, I think your discussion of growth from both a player perspective and a storytelling perspective with these characters is just so much more i think interesting and poignant than me being like maybe more enemy variety we felt the valkyries a lot but yeah you know i think i think some of those elements too um and yeah i don't think i think just a little bit of difference can be enough you know i think of um when i think of like my favorite like Originals to sequels, you know, I can't help but think of like portal one to portal two and and portal two doesn't play insanely different than portal one Obviously, there's like the the gel is like the big change but that that and I think so much of what they learned in design and and how good they are at storytelling like Just became so much more additive that it was enough to sort of push it over the edge I do think that's a rarity um, but I don't necessarily think uh, much like you that it needs to be a complete reinvention but it needs to be I think um, a solid continuation that feels like this Really added something, you know. We needed this here. This kind of completes or further rounds out the experience that we had with that first game. Um, and, you know, I would lightly argue too with the um, Jake Bakes Cakes bringing up Horizon's sort of problem of being too familiar. Um, I, obviously, that's an argument some people make. I I didn't feel that way about Horizon. I felt like, yep, we had more of the same with like in terms of combat. Obviously, it's still going to be bow and arrow heavy combat. You're fighting machines. You're hitting the parts. But I think they actually did a fantastic job at um, growing the systems that they had, with like very few exception to like maybe two changes that I'm like, where's the golden fast travel pack? <laughs> yeah, I really, I I I've, am hard pressed to find. Like, I've not found too many people, even just casually online, that think the first game is better than the second game you may think maybe it's not enough of a deviation or it didn't grow in enough ways but i do think that horizon forbidden west was a marked improvement um and i would love to see god of war have some level of that i think maybe not to as big of a degree because you're going masterpiece via you know versus ideally another masterpiece while horizon i think is a lot more in that eight or nine range for most players Mm -hmm. um but yeah i mean I'm, i'm just excited to like see that this is coming out now? Are you surprised at all that we got the release date now and the way that we did um, or that we got it for this year? Did you have any doubt kind of going into this whole thing about whether or not it was going to hit?
0: One of the weird parts of having been able to work on the other side of the industry is is that I've gotten to see what goes into decisions like this. And it's a lot. And I it, And no matter what we guess from the outside, we are probably wrong because there are so Many moving parts. It can be a combination of technical capability, marketing capability, staffing capability, competitive calendars, executive ego. You know, all these things can go into it, and God knows what the deciding factors are. Honestly, like, like what I like to imagine is the, the fact they just tweeted it out. It's just the poor social media person being like, "Fuck it." let's just send a tweet. But that's not how it really happens. The, the decision on everybody loves to control a message. And this has been just such a grease fire of, I mean, this, this is just gamers at their worst being horrible people uh, when, when they want to. I can't remember who it was that said, you know, pe- people on the internet are eager to lose their shit. And boy, was this an example of that. So I think that This was probably a combination of damage control and a message that they always wanted to get out. And they just had to get alignment between different departments and make sure that they had the technical capability to make the shipment work. For all we know, they couldn't get God of War labels printed for physical copies. And that's the reason for the delay. You know, things like that are often what it is and they will never, ever tell you. And so. They get it to us. They want to make money, and that means they want to sell the game before Christmas. They are trying to get you this video game, people. They are trying. Um, If anything's stopping them, it's because they can't, not because they don't want to. Uh, And that's, that's something I've seen again and again and again.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, For me, like, I definitely had a lot of doubts, I think, leading into this year, whether or not they'd hit um, 2022 that have slowly, like, dissipated as they, has been, you know, like, little leaks here and there, little teases, you know, reassurances. Um, But ultimately, I'm just excited to have a date and something solid to look forward to in terms of like, OK, now I can start to kind of backwards plan because, like I said, I'm going to, you know, redownload God of War, dig into it um, and kind of prime myself for this experience. Um, and I'm excited to see this drop too I think this year just from a, you know, a conversation. I think it is a little bit in some ways silly that we constantly, like, couch all of our gaming conversations around timelines and years. It's kind of like, hey, this, you know, and I, I'm definitely a fall victim of this as well because I'm always chasing, like, what's out now? Let me talk about, like, the best games that you can, you know, get this year or the best stories or, like, the best, like, whatever, um, you know, listicle it is. But um, to have it in that conversation, I think, against uh, Horizon Forbidden West, against Elden Ring, um, it's going to be, I don't know, it's going to be exciting. Like, I want the, I live for the drama of it, um, um, and it's cool to see like uh, a player this big. I think step into the ring uh, right under the wire because you know obviously by December people are kind of already you know checked out. They might be on holiday. Like they've kind of already done all those things. So um, yeah, I'm really excited to see where that lands in the conversation for the year and the franchise and there's going to be something really cool to play on PlayStation. So that's exciting, but
0: yeah, I, I'm a hyperbolic person. Yeah, I think it goes with the whole video game part. You know, we all get together and watch trailers and get excited and then games come out and we review them and get excited. And then we have best of ever game lists and talk about them and get excited and everybody, it's the just so much. 100 games. Fun. Hey, there we go. There we go.
1: Is God yep. of War on that list?
0: Uh, Not yet. Not wow. yet. Now,
1: but now maybe you wait for Ragnarok to get on there, so that Talking, you just don't have it on there.
0: I know there's too many good games. Talking about that list for a second, I haven't updated the show in in several months, uh, and that's just been for anybody that's watching that's a part of it. That's just been my mental health collapsing like like a uh, like a oh as a, 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 I don't know like a melting flan or something. What's the Eddie Izzard uh uh and a flan in a cupboard? I think I think it was a term he used. Uh, I'm ready again to finally work on it but that's been away for a while so if people are wondering like hey jared why don't you do that anymore i went nuts for a while and i had to get myself back together so if there's that Hey, it's jared talking about himself instead of video games but i thought it was odd to bring it up and not say something and now i'm realizing this was not the place at the time let's talk about no
1: it's always a place era. of the time but what i think what's so cool about your show and like this happens with en- anyone that makes anything like it ends at some point which i think is kind of horrifying and you never really and you usually don't know when it, it's gonna end like when i did my last episode of game monsters weekly like a new show i did for a year i was like i just didn't come back and i'm like i'm not doing this project anymore and i just didn't say no. anything about it um and it's like that a lot of times i think what's really cool about your show is how evergreen it is in that hey if you are just hearing about that show now like even if you didn't make another episode it's still an awesome show it's still a show i recommend and i think there's still immense value in that um and that's what's really cool about projects like that because they're always still like cool to like hit up and listen to and and if or when it ever comes back, that's just gravy. It will. Um, say, I got a
0: half edited episode sitting on a computer right now. I just need yeah, to get it out.
1: I have a, I relate to that so hard. I have a, an unboxing video of, in a build video of like my Miss Pac Man machine from like three or two, three years ago that I've never, like, I haven't had the heart to delete because I'm like, I spent so much time recording this, but I haven't had the energy to want to do anything with. So it's just like, I'm like, whenever I make this, like, i'm not going to look anything like this i might not even live in this apartment by the time if this video ever sees the light of day but i do have that in there but I,
0: well in this case I, I don't i'm being too light so I, I should i i can show people an explanation that's i don't take people's interest in what i create for granted people have shown me enormous support listening and encouraging and i don't take that for granted um i was not well enough to do this and my day job at the same time for a while i had to choose for a bit and that's why i stopped um, and i've spent the time that i would have spent working on the show doing the things it takes to get better um seeking help and i have not been transparent about that because even though i talk a lot about my mental health it's still hard sometimes you get tired after a while of telling people well guess what everybody i fell apart again that's that's hard um having a chronic illness is not fun but i did take the time away to do the best i know to get better and it's still a struggle also my physical health has been really bad this year so those have not helped one another i got one eye with a scratch on it and the other is full of blood right now so that's fun um yeah there we are pity time with jared okay uh we'll stop
1: no, I mean, I think it's awesome that you can obviously you don't owe anyone anything, but I think being transparent is so important. And I'm really glad to hear that given those two options that you chose the right one, right? That you chose the one that's about you and your health and what you need for your life. Because in the, the day, like the content's going to be there whenever you're ready for it. So you want to make I, sure I, that you are ready to do it let before it you slip. go back.
0: Yeah, I let it slip too long. You say I don't owe anybody anything, but I feel that I do. People have made some some kind commitments to me and I do. I think at least owe them the dignity of an explanation. Should I, so I should have done it before now. When I'm really sick, it's hard to communicate, especially if it makes me feel shameful. But that doesn't excuse the fact that I think I made the less than perfect choice there. So instead I'm just going to make a show again so people can be happy. That's uh or at least I hope they're happy. I think they'll like it. I like it. Yeah. I enjoy doing it when I'm well. So
1: Yeah, I'm excited for you to feel, you know, well enough to go ahead and, and get back to it. Um but yeah, I don't, I, Jared, I don't think you give yourself enough credit for how intensely self-aware and empathetic and kind and wise you are. Um, so yeah, but anyway, we can go in circles forever because I will keep giving you praise, and you'll be like, ah, "Janet, that's really all really do that. <laughs> I'm
0: actually just milking you right now, like for for compliments. That's really what I do. The, the whole thing. oh just, yeah. Yeah, I'm just dependent on other people's validation for any feeling of of importance. So that's what it is. But I do notice that that we have other things on this list here. We should should probably be telling the people about the, the, the breaking news in video games.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Let's get back to it. Uh, And this one ties in really well with um, a conversation we were just having um, in terms of what goes into the planning and the release of things. So let's talk about Forspoken being delayed, another unceremonious Twitter post that dropped today. Uh, They had tweeted an image that had uh, this text on it. They said, as a result of ongoing discussions with key partners, we have made the strategic decision to move the launch date of Forspoken to January 24th, 2023. All game elements are now complete and development is in its final polishing phase. We would like to thank you for your continued support and patience on this journey. Your excitement for the game inspires us every day and we cannot wait to share more about Forspoken with you later this summer. And I wanna pull in a question that um, Grezik writes in on Patreon saying, hey Janet and Jared, Square has delayed Forspoken into January. Based on the wording of the statement, it seems like this is being done for business reasons rather than development issues. This makes sense given the already jam-packed fourth quarter Square has and that Ragnarok is coming a month later. My question is, how does um, Forspoken releasing on January 24th inform your opinion on when we'll see Crisis Core and which game do you think will come out first? Thanks for all you do. And for context, that's Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII Reunion, um, which is already up for pre-order and is currently expected to probably come by the end of the year. It's, I think it's also couches Winter, so I feel like there's a little bit of space for... Um, a bit of slip, but Jared, what's your read on this delay? And do you think we're going to see Crisis Core before or after Forspoken? Um, Or how do you think those two games are kind of in conversation with each other in terms of a, a business strategy sense?
0: It's, I don't have visibility to Square's books, obviously, so I could be completely wrong. I suspect Crisis Core still comes out this year. Um, it's a Final like, Fantasy game. I think it's got—if It's if it, if people are going to buy it, they're going to buy it, whether or not they buy Ragnarok. Whereupon Forspoken is something entirely new. Uh, and I think they want to give a new IP plenty of room. Uh, they don't want to launch a new IP in the middle of of these juggernauts that are exploding all around it. Crisis Core could even end up cannibalizing Forspoken if they're too close together. I'm much more likely to play Forspoken now that's coming out in January. I love January games. And I can say that this decision on the business end absolutely is, is make, going to make me more likely to play it. Uh, because I think I just got it just gotten lost I've been like ah oh, it's a game I don't really have time for. Crisis Core will be fine in in winter. Uh, and it'll do okay. Uh Crisis Core obviously uh, uh the PSP classic is is a, a hell of a video game and everybody should play it. And yeah, that's
2: my thoughts. Uh you, Janet? I'm surprised you guys think that this is coming this year. Uh Crisis yeah. Core at least. Well, why, yeah. why why do you guys think it's this year? <laughs>
1: because i feel like they've i feel like they've kind of said that it would i feel like the well, winter they, is they said they, they
2: said this winter and i feel like because they said this ah. winter and not this this fall this holiday that tells me that they're looking at this uh at crisis core at least being latest march uh of next year and i honestly think now that first spoken is coming in january i that tells me that crisis core is probably coming in march
1: i think okay. before i feel like march is late for winter i mean not if you're in the midwest but you know like generally um i think I square feel like is one of those to ones they, they you use need the to actual
2: in. technical dates to like define what winter and spring is because that's like, like that's on animals and Enix, charts like, and things yeah.
1: yeah i i feel like i feel like by this year but that's really just a feeling it's not necessarily based on anything more than that um yeah, I feel like a late, uh, like a late December. chat's saying uh, winter is December 21st to March 21st.
2: Same, saying, Janet. <laughs> Same. Okay, you know I'm what? telling I'm gonna, you. About I'm going to been...
1: go with this year. Why not? Deci- I'm going to go with December. So, uh,
2: Are we doing a pizza bet? Oh, What's I'm going on I'm feeling I, I don't want to. Even... I don't want to. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead.
1: Like, how, how does, uh, how does, how would that even work? across? like. I just Venmo you the money. You know what I mean? I'm not like that. Yeah,
2: or, or, you know, we just hit each other up and be like, hey, what's the pizza spot uh, near you? And then you, you buy a medium pizza and you send it over. I've done this with uh, yeah, like, Andrea pizza, before as well. Pizza is <sighs> literally the most deliverable food on Earth. Like, that, this seems like
0: not a problem.
1: <laughs> That's probably true. I've never thought about the most. What's the second most deliverable food on Earth, do you think?
0: After, after pizza? Mm-hmm. You're in the States Chinese food, probably. Uh, mm, yeah yeah, that would be that's that's where my Can we make
1: goes. this tier list at some point, the most deliverable food
0: <laughs> I mean, delivery Chinese is somehow better than like eating Chinese in the restaurant sometimes. If it comes in the little hot container mm-hmm. and it's at that perfect temperature when you open the little paper wax thing up, like it's just so good. It's so good.
1: It's also like made to store already. Um, but before we move on from Chinese food before spoken, um, so yeah, you mentioned you're going to play this. Um, when it comes out, what's your like, excitement level for it i feel like it's been uh kind of hot and cold i think the conversation around forespoken um as of so far so are, are you like more optimistic more pessimistic uh
0: i i all right so i didn't want to kill chaos and my main thing janet is something new from square yeah so right there i just want to give them money because they tried something and i want to play it um i don't know if it's going to be good i have it's got dragons in it. Usually, that's enough for me. You
1: it know, also you has like, you know, crazy abilities, like the traversal seems fun. Like, yeah. I I too am like, I'm a little bit hesitant. Um, And I've been burned before, but like, I am always ready to get hurt again. Yeah. And I'm ready for this to hurt me. What if, me, if, it comes what if it's to wonderful?
0: It? What if it's just a fun little, like, action-adventure? Yeah, what great. if it's like
1: control, but with dragons? Yeah. Like, you know? Like... And hopefully better performance at launch. But you know, like, why? What if? What, what if? if? Why and not? I
0: love dragons. Dragons are bodacious. Like that's something I, I miss. Casey Defridis, our our former mutual coworker, he and I would talk dragons for hours. I would just any game. I'm still holding out for scale bound, You know. Yeah,
1: something. I knew. Yep, I knew you were gonna mention Scalebound. <laughs> but yeah, um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to this. I feel like. It has the potential to be good, but it also has the potential to be maybe a little bit too empty. Um, I don't know, but I'm willing to roll the dice and I I'm just like you, I'm always excited for something new. I'll take a new not as good game over almost like a known quantity good game. I was like, let's let's party with Dr. Strange. like I, ready for it um now let's move on to our next story which is uk regulator investigating microsoft activision blizzard acquisition this comes from gameindustry.biz who writes the competition and markets authority is officially investigating microsoft's acquisition of activision blizzard the uk regulator confirmed today as with all merger reviews this investigation will consider whether the deal could harm competition or lead to worse outcomes for consumers, for example, through higher prices, lower quality, or reduced choice. The CMA has said, adding that it is accepting third-party opinions on the deal through July 20th. The CMA has until September 1st to complete the phase of the investigation in which it determines whether the deal could hurt competition. If the CMA decides the deal is anti-competitive, then it would conduct a more in-depth assessment and allow the companies to propose actions that would address the concerns with the deal. The later acknowledged that some of its counterparts around the world are looking into the deal and will communicate with them as appropriate. The acquisition was announced in January with Microsoft agreeing to pay almost $69 for the publisher behind Call of Duty and World of Warcraft. Microsoft expects the deal to close in its fiscal 2023, which began last week. Um, Jared, react.
0: That's not competitive. It's it's Microsoft. That's their entire MO since like 1980. Like, that's what they do. Microsoft, I, I don't, I mean, you hear this like hinted about. Or talk, Microsoft is eating the video game industry right now. And it's not just acquisitions, it's Game Pass. They simply have, thanks to the fact that they're not just a video game company, that they're one of the world's largest, best-funded cloud operating system and and software companies, they can lose so much money that they can just drive everyone around them out of business or into irrelevancy, or into a position where they become an eventual either forced partner or acquisition. Now, I'm not saying Microsoft's going to buy Sony someday, but Microsoft is well on its way to forcing Sony into a position where it must work with Microsoft. And it's happening very, very quickly, and it's happening non-competitively. In any world where you weren't allowed to act like a monopoly, Game Pass as it currently exists couldn't exist, or there would be some sort of penalty to subsidize that capability in other companies or to balance things out. Now I'm getting into stuff that, that like that sounds crazy. And but remember that we live in a capitalistic hellscape where companies are allowed to do pretty much anything they want. So I love Microsoft. I love Xbox. I think they make amazing stuff. But they are absolutely one of the least competitive companies on the planet Earth. That is their MO. That is all they have ever done. And no one cares in government because there's so much money to be made. That's my thought. Um, this is a Microsoft should not be allowed to purchase Activision in a world where we cared about competition. Already, the market has faltered far too consolidated into too few companies. I mean, Lord. Right we probably should have never gotten past the point that you could market a single sports franchise to one company, you know, that we we probably should have forced even that to be diversified, but it's not going to happen because we're really picky about a regulation. We have a fed so that our economy doesn't collapse barely. But other than that, we just kind of let things happen that are probably not good for competition. That was a long rant there. Uh, Janet, your thoughts.
1: I mean, I think you've said it really well. Like this is, um, you know, I think we talked about this a lot, like at length when it uh, was announced on whether or not like we think this is good or bad for the industry. And it, there was definitely a lot of, I think, I know, light ire, I think, in some sectors of the internet of being like, oh, if play, especially, you know, meeting on a PlayStation podcast, I'm like if PlayStation did this, you'd be super excited. I know I have a PlayStation show on too. So I know I'm drinking out of a fucking PS5 mug. So I look like such a goddamn shill. But um, I stand by that I would have said this regardless because it is... It is too much. And I like, um, you know, I've said this before, but I like us having sort of third party kind of neutral ground in some ways. Um, And I like the diversity in platforms. Like, sure, it's, you know, fiscally more inconvenient to like have everything split, right? If I just had one crazy PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo, PC, then it's like, oh, I'll drop 500 or grand on that. And I have access to every game that's ever made on the face of the earth. But I like There being different players in the space offering different things, you know, coming up with different um, ways to market their system or their company, you know, whether it's Game Pass, whether it's PlayStation Plus, which even though, you know, you mentioned the problems that Game Pass has and definitely it's not, um, I think, a magic wand to things. I definitely have questions on on some elements of will we look back on game pass as uh, a, a net negative or a net positive like how does it work with like you know development payout like what's the best scenarios for developers and different deals like how do you you know do you wh- who makes it like which one decides like whether or not like a net's out well like how often do we get to know that not very often because it's all behind the scenes so it's like uh, i hope this is good i assume so as much um but yeah i like it having these kind of different avenues uh, and I definitely am worried about the consolidation of everything uh, and not just because I'm on a PlayStation podcast where we'd have one ultimate, I don't know, like fusion podcast when the uh, industry finally gets all eaten up. But I do think it's the way that things are ultimately going Um I don't know how extreme it'll get, um, but I am enjoying the ride until we enter Oblivion, which might not even happen in my lifetime. So then I don't know, you know? Uh, I I don't know if it ends
0: up Oblivion, it's just a risk. I mean, Game Pass is an amazing deal. It just is. It's an incredible way to play video games. And I love stuff that's consumer friendly and Game Pass, good Lord, is consumer friendly, but it's so consumer friendly because of completely non-competitive business practices on Microsoft's part. That's the other end of it. You know, maybe 10 years from now, you have, you know, it, you have this enlightened Microsoft that has, you know, it's it's got its fingers in Nintendo and it's got its fingers in Sony and everything's all cool and it's, it's great. But what if it's like Activision? You know, what if that's what it turns into? There's only one video game company and it's fucking Activision. <laughs> you know, like it's it's that culture. It's that creativity or lack thereof. I, I work for a mid-sized publisher of physical video games and cool collector's editions at Limited Run. And one of the reasons I do that is because the little to mid-sized games we often publish really are built on a wink and a dream. It's kind of like that tweet I saw where somebody said, you know, AAA games, what if more guns? Uh, and I wish I could credit the tweet. Whereupon, you know, indie games, what if I were a fly? What if a bear ran a bed and breakfast? What if a... I want to live in that second world, but I'm worried that the more we move toward the one world order of video games, we might be moving toward that first because guns sell and little flies sell less. And uh, yeah, I don't want to live in that world.
1: This took a, I feel like a, um, a dark turn, but yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely, um it's a, it's a heavy conversation in terms of, I think, where the market is going. Um, Before we round the story, do you think there's, any chance, then, that this deal, like, doesn't go through? I feel like it's probably just oh, going to go through. I, I but obviously, that, this is part of the process, you know?
0: I think that this deal, it, in comparison to the other destructive political and business things that have happened over the last 20 years is so minor. But, yeah, I like, this is, like, the least harmful thing to the planet Earth relative to the things that we've already allowed possible. Yes, this will absolutely happen. Um, and by the way, I mean, Microsoft currently taking over Activision is probably a good thing for most people at Activision because Activision's leadership is garbage and horrible and Microsoft's is less so But we'll see what happens, you know, from the business end after that
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, and speaking of what's happening with business Remember that you can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games where you can get the show ad free and speaking of ads Let us tell you about our sponsors.
3: I love that sound. It's the sound of another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big business. So upstarts, startups, and established businesses alike can sell everywhere, synchronize online and in-person sales, and effortlessly stay informed. Scaling your business is a journey of endless possibility, and I know! The Kinda Funny store at kindoffunny.com store uses Shopify to sell all our merch, including all those Cool Portillo shirts, you guys have been so great about supporting with. I love how Shopify has the tools and resources that make it easy for any business to succeed from down the street to around the globe. Reach customers online and across social networks with an ever growing suite of channel integrations and apps. Go to shopify.com/slash KF Games, all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com/slash KF Games right now. Shopify.com slash kf games no one likes waiting on a paycheck especially when you've got bills due good thing there's chime now you can get your paycheck up to two days early with direct deposit that's up to two more days to save pay bills and generally just feel good about your money situation but chime is more than just about getting paid early it's also an award-winning mobile app checking account debit card and optional savings account so what are you waiting for Hopefully not your paycheck. Get started with Chime today. Applying for a free account takes less than two minutes. Get started at Chime.com slash KF Games. That's Chime.com slash KF Games. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank or Stride Bank NA members, FDIC. Early access to direct deposit funds depends on your payer.
1: Now let's talk really briefly about the Splatoon OLED model that is dropping. Um, This is going to be out on August 26th ahead of Splatoon 3's launch, which is happening September 9th. Um, That is the current release date. And it's sort of, um, this is a fun one to kind of take a look at, because besides the fact that um, I'm always down for like, Console um, models based on IP, especially IP that I really love, which you can argue is a lot of Nintendo IP because I'm a Nintendo stand a little bit. But I think this looks great. It's got like, I, I think 2 Splatoon has such a fun style to it in its sort of um, playful graffiti streetwear ask kind of look to it. Um, and it does have me wondering if I should get. The OLED now. I really haven't been playing my Switch like at all. Um, I have my Switch here, and I have the Animal Crossing version, but it's like, do I want to buy, you know, like a third Switch? You know, like I, it's kind of a, it's becoming a lot for someone that hasn't really booted it up in quite some time. But I know for a fact that I'm going to be um, hit up Splatoon three as well, so maybe now's the time. Um, and I do want to shout this out really quickly too, in relation to some Switch Pro rumors that have been kind of re-swirling. I feel like that's going to continue until we either get a Switch Pro or a, a second Switch gets announced, and then. We'll be like, I guess we never got the Switch Pro. But then, even then, like, what if a year into the Switch 2 they drop a Switch Pro? Like, Nintendo might, right? They're the type. Um, But I want to shout out this tweet from. Um, Kit from the Kit and Krista podcast, who sort of um, quote tweeted uh, a post from Game Explained saying, like, Nintendo Switch and OLED trailers have gone private. Is Switch Pro incoming? That was sort of their tagline for that video. Uh, and Kit had uh, added some context to it, saying, these major videos typically have music or actors which are licensed for use uh, for a year and they need to be renewed or taken down. Switch OLED was announced almost uh, a year ago today when he posted that, which was yesterday. This is most likely nothing. And while you know, nothing is necessarily set in stone until it until it is, right? Um, I think that kind of commentary in relation to seeing the Splatoon OLED model was kind of just a bit of a reminder that, hey, Nintendo is very much selling the Switch OLED. And like, will they sell more stuff later? You know, that remains to be seen. But at this point, I think the Splatoon OLED model dropping right after that kind of just reconfirms that, hey, if they still want you to buy the Switch OLED, that the Switch OLED isn't necessarily going to be obsolete um maybe anytime super soon as much as people want a more supportive switch but jared what's your switch experience been like do you have an oled do you have any like custom consoles
0: no i don't have any custom well i have a i have a custom body for my uh for my ps5 but switch i still have my my day one switch uh wow. I a, yeah i still have my day one and i also have a switch light i decided on that instead of the oled um because the because I'm a big old nerd and I wanted the D-pad for certain games. Um, that's really what it came down to, was I wanted to be, do a handheld mode D-pad for certain games I was playing. Uh, the OLED's beautiful. I've seen it. It's gorgeous. I, I My thought is, with the supply chain issues that are still going on, COVID is very much still affecting, and economic issues are very much still affecting a lot of stuff in video games. I see no reason for Nintendo to push out any significant new hardware beyond a cosmetic change past the OLED until they are absolutely forced to. Right mm-hmm. now is not a great time to launch a console. So why would they? Uh, they don't need it. They're selling switches like hotcakes still. They have more cash than they know what to do with. They're fine. Uh, they're going to wait, I think, uh, as late as they possibly can, both so whatever they're cooking up next can have the most powerful hardware possible based on iterating on it. As, as the, the longer they wait, the, you know the longer a long tail it's going to have. So yeah, just uh, give us something pretty like this. I think it's gorgeous, but uh, I think it, I'll, I'll probably buy one more switch, depending on whether or not the next thing is backwards compatible. I'll either buy the new thing and then do that, or I will buy like a final OLED switch because eventually my little first gen ones is going to die. You know. Yeah, I think th-
1: that's an interesting thought. Like how many how many switches will I have purchased by the time? this is all said and done um i think this is the most i've bought a console in my life which i've only bought like two of them but that's all that's already kind of a lot um because i didn't do any trade-ins either i just i think i was really paranoid too about the data shift stuff you know nintendo's like it's as usual like everything's so hard much harder than it needs to be so I, i just had both um so yeah i don't know what i would do with this oled i might i don't know i might be convinced to get it it would be a really cool model and i do love splatoon a lot um but if you play handheld a lot
2: then i i highly recommend it It, like even tim but
1: like tim who's a weirdo freak
2: i love him to death but he's like i play switch primarily on the tv and not handheld Mm -hmm. when he got the oled model he like he was saying this i think on GamesCast, which is over a live today on youtube.com kind of funny games uh he said even like he sometimes saves new games to just play on handheld because it's an OLED screen, um, mm. because the, everything pops so much on a on an OLED screen. It does look good, and especially <sighs> we'll especially Splatoon good. colors. That game's really colorful.
1: Yeah, I could yeah. I could be convinced, and it wouldn't take much because I am kind of constantly living on the edge of making. Uh, Bad video game financial purchases. Um, but speaking of uh, of console launches, I, I do want to jump down then to uh, a story about Intellivision Amico console still being in development, uh, CEO says. This comes from IGN, uh, where Matt Kim writes, it was reported yesterday that the trademark for the Intellivision Amico has been abandoned, spurring speculation the development had ceased. Now the company CEO says work on the system is ongoing and that the trademark is very much alive. An email sent to IGN from Intellivision CEO Phil Adam, the company says it is, quote, still working on the console and that the States state's patent and trademark office is usually pretty slow in updating um, and then, you know, sent over like a a screenshot showing the trademark being live. Uh, The Intellivision Amico is a successor to the Intellivision home console from the 1980s. The new system will utilize a remote control style interface with a touchscreen and charging dock. The plan is for the system to feature a library of new family friendly games, some of which are being developed by teams who created games for the original Intellivision. However, the console has faced numerous delays since it was announced in 2018. The original ceo tommy uh, Talarico stepped down earlier this year with former chief revenue officer phil adam taking over the position but for now at least according to the company the intellivision amico is still in works jared you mentioned that now is a terrible time to ship a console so why would you what is your read on the Intellivision Amigo. I also feel like you're the perfect person to talk to about the Intellivision Amico, and it's not just because you're old, because I know you're going to say, is it because I'm old? And <laughs> that's part... It does. It helps. It probably does contextually help. Like, I was talking to Blessing yesterday about Night Trap, and he's like, you're the only not old person I know that's played Night Trap. Um, oh, but no. yeah.
0: Okay. Well, we talked Night Trap all day. Um, what a fucking grease fire. Uh, thing is, I... I have very little visibility into this math. So I follow the story along with everybody else. I I once saw a uh, an television development kit um for the Ubico. Uh, they they do exist. I I'll tell you what man. I so I'm a big fan of the original television. It was an amazing piece of hardware with a truly special library of games created by the Blue Sky Rangers, a, a, a small team of, of game developers that were kind of working, uh, just working with this sort of creative genius. It was one of those lightning in a bottle periods where people made, a small number of people made a lot of really great video games, some of which are still great to this day. Dark Shark is still a top 100 video game in my mind, like uh, one of the best video games ever made. I I got the chance at E3 to play old video games with Dave Warhol, one of those guys once. So I hate seeing the legacy of that machine tarnished by branding. I don't know what went wrong, but something went real wrong. And I think this is one of those cases where it's probably a combination of legal damage control and somebody with big dreams and ethics desperately trying to deliver as much as they can, and I am purely speculating on both of those. Uh, I don't know that it's bad, Janet. I mean some people were real jerks in this process that's we've seen the public side of that you know uh, telerico was was not very friendly to the people around him in this process and but ultimately. Somebody had a neat idea, maybe, and somewhere along the way, it went terribly wrong. Maybe it was greed. Maybe it was mismanagement. Maybe it was COVID. I don't know. I'm not going to give you much insight here. This whole thing just makes me feel bad. Um, I have been part of some pretty significant failures in my career. and. Being a part of a failure is awful because there's usually at least some people in the room that were trying to make it work, and thought something good could happen. I especially feel bad for the people who it indicates developed games for this thing who are not going to see any payback for their labor. Most likely, you know that mm-hmm. that's that's who I feel most bad for, and also for anybody who who jumped on the bandwagon early. So that that's not a lot of insight. It's mostly just sympathy and empathy. For an idea that was never good from the start that just got worse and worse as it went on. They shouldn't have tried to create an entire independent console around the Intellivision brand. That was not a good idea. And they overcommitted and then they got slammed by one of the worst production supply problems ever. All right. So that's, that's all I got to say about it that's actually informed.
1: Yeah. Do you think we ever see this console?
0: You know, I wonder if it won't be like a Tucker Torpedo where a certain number of them get made just to fulfill some line right, in a contract right. somewhere to keep them from getting sued. Um, and they become super rare. And uh, um, I don't think it'll necessarily be vaporware, but I doubt anyone will have one, really. Um, and maybe there's not even enough money to produce it. They're just trying to hold things together to hit that threshold. Um, or hoping somebody will rescue him at the last second. You know, yeah. I, who knows? I mean, Radio Shack sells crypto. Who knows? Maybe it'll. Maybe we'll all <laughs> will be buying Intellicoin.
1: Um, that's like, man. Look at peering into that multiverse, and I don't like some of the stuff that comes out of there. Um, but yeah, I mean, the anything is possible. Um, I am hesitant as to whether or not this ever really gets off the ground. Um, and I think it's one of those tough things where it's like, I don't know what world would necessarily be better for the people involved. Um, Obviously like it would suck for the work never really to come to fruition at all. But like, is it better to sacrifice everything just to get it out the door to say that you did it. Um, But yeah, this was, this was rough. And I think even though I don't, I never really saw this having insane commercial success because of the pitch had like eight different things that were very yeah. niche. Um, I still wanted to see it happen um, in the sense that I really like when companies zag and and put out weird random stuff that fits a vision that they have that a few people can probably connect with. Um, and to me, that was uh, the Intellivision Amico, or I guess, you know, still is, because it could still exist. Um, So yeah we'll see what ends up happening um i don't know whether it's heartening or disheartening to know that it's still in development but um it's it's been a real struggle so i don't know i hopefully better things are around for that team and that project um yeah because like you said it is rough to be part of something that doesn't ever really take off the ground
0: i didn't jump in on it and i'm like the target audience for this yeah it just just didn't seem like a great idea
1: yeah, it always seemed cool. more like um like a, a novelty, like something that could, like, oh, this could be cool to say that I have owned, but not necessarily, I think, um a ground for really exciting, like, new ideas, um necessarily, but I don't know. We'll see what ends up happening uh with that. And speaking of things that are happening, we have uh, CD Projekt Red announces Gwent Rogue Mage, a single-player deck-building roguelike. Uh, this is an exclusive preview from IGN and a reveal from IGN, uh, which... States, IGN can reveal that the Witcher developer CD Projekt Red will release Gwent Roguemage, a single-player deck-building roguelike tomorrow, July 7th, for PC, iOS, and Android. Rogue Mage is branded as a Gwent expansion and retains the card game's core mechanics, but will be sold separately from the multiplayer original. The standard version will be $9.99, while a premium edition that comes with in-game skins, cosmetics, and card packs for, packs for multiplayer game will cost $19.99. We've had, a, uh, and then I'm kind of skipping around in the uh, article preview, there's some like interviews and pull quotes and things like that if you want to uh, check out that full uh, write up in its entirety. I encourage you to head over to IGN to see uh, all the details on this, but just kind of hitting a couple of the major beats here. Uh, we've had the chance to play Rogue Mage ahead of its release date, and it definitely feels reminiscent of the Witcher 3 version of Gwent, though obviously set amid a roguelike format. Much like the originals, uh, players will use Witcher world characters like Dandelion, Zoltan, and Yennefer, but Rogue Mage uses cards from the multiplayer version of Gwent. While this means the mechanics are a bit more complex, cards are presented in simpler packages that aren't nearly as daunting as logging into the multiplayer version for the first time. Tortsov estimated that it will take players more than 30 hours to collect and do everything in the game. And Rogue Mage includes an extensive set of achievements to unlock, too, uh, though gameplay loops are split into shorter bursts that can take up to around an hour. Um, Jared, is this something that excites you? Were you a Gwent stan at any Gwent's point dope. in your life?
0: Gwent's dope. Uh, the original Gwent in Witcher is dope. I, I love it. And uh, But I hate other people. So the PvP never interested me. Um, now I have a PvE Gwent I can buy on my phone for ten bucks. So yes, I'm going to buy this and I'm going to play it. Because Gwent's sweet and now I don't have to deal with other people. Um, yeah,
1: that's that sounds like a great pitch. I like the um the idea of it being <laughs> an easier entry point, um, which like this preview kind of touches on a little bit. I, I will say for me personally, like and I don't I don't have a Gwent background, but deck building roguelike. If you know me, only single player really resonates with me in that statement. Uh, I, I'm always willing to give kind of anything a try, but I probably would sit on this one. Maybe if like someone else I knew down, like I would try it, but I don't know if I'd want to uh, buy it out the gate. Um, what's the before this? Because you mentioned like, oh, you're definitely downloading it on your phone. What's the last mobile game that you played that you really enjoyed?
0: Last one, like new game I played? The last one I played and enjoyed? Because like yesterday well, so you I was played playing... And enjoyed. Yeah, I was playing golf on Mars yesterday. I love golf on nice. Mars. I I play that to the end of time. I, I love premium phone games. I really, really do. And I have an Android, which puts me in a weird ecosystem. I need to just buy an iPad for Apple Arcade because it's so good. Like, there's so yeah. many good games on Apple Arcade, and um, the Android ecosystem's a little different. There's some good premium stuff on there, uh, but yeah, like golf on Mars. What about you?
1: Oh, um, I think I did uh, impulse download on this show um subway surf but i only played a few seconds of it so i wouldn't count that it would probably be lego builders journey is like the last one that i finished and enjoyed so i probably would shout out that one um really beautiful game apple arcade game i got like the backbone controller um to to like Ooh. play a little bit more comfortably like have the controller option i guess too i also technically played um oh my gosh unpacking on mobile as well last oh. year because i played via xbox cloud gaming which was Oh, it didn't run amazing, honestly, for me in that specific game for some reason, but um, definitely a better service than I think people would assume it is. So if you haven't tried cloud gaming, definitely give it a shot. Um, but it was just cool having like Game Pass on my phone. I think it's only going to yeah. get better um, as time goes on. So yeah, but I'm um, definitely a fan of mobile games. Would like to dip into that ecosystem more. There's just there's so many ecosystems everywhere. All the time. um And speaking Beautiful. of things that are everywhere all the time, let's talk about Marvel's Avengers, because um, Greg works here. So, like, let's just shout that out real quick. Uh, and it's She Hulk in Marvel's Avengers. Streamer accidentally leaks new character while the devs watch, which I, this is from IGN. That's a hilariously, and that is what happened. But the way that headline is written, very amusing uh and the article reads a streamer has leaked that she hulk is officially coming to marvel's avengers while live on xbox's twitch channel with a crystal dynamics developer uh technique tv was guest streaming on the channel with avengers lead designer brian uh uh, wagoner wagner i might have butchered that i probably did for less than an hour before he let slip that she hulk was coming to the game with a clip uh being shared by miller on twitter despite there being no official word the character was coming, Technique asked if fans wanted a fun fact about She-Hulk. I don't know if I can say this. I think it was public knowledge, he said. I'll just say this. I don't like the face that Brian is making. And I really do feel for everybody involved in this moment because who among us hasn't flown a little close to the embargo side? Now, most of us don't get burned by it, but, like, we've all had those moments where you're like, yeah, I mean— and you just kind of like just gloss over something. And then later you're like, can I say this? Is this like, is this out? Is this like what? I-? Yeah. And when in doubt, when in doubt, you always go with no. Yeah. You, right. you know, if you take one lesson from the, if you're not sure, if it's yep. not a confident yes, just don't even go for it. Um, it. Yeah. Uh,
0: yep, yep. And um,
1: again, I don't know how Greg, maybe just Greg lives on the internet forums or something, but um, Greg pointed out that Forbes uh, a while ago, back in, I think, December. Yeah, I, re- I
2: remember. I remember She-Hulk being leaked uh, a while
1: back. Yeah, yeah. That that leak had. Uh arrived earlier, uh, and in Forbes coverage from uh Paul Tassi, like he mentions this. Uh She-Hulk arriving as a hero in Marvel's Avengers has been rumored for ages as voice lines uh referencing Jennifer Walters have been deadamined. Uh but yesterday Leaker Miller, who I trust at baseline, said that She-Hulk will be voiced by uh Chrysia Bajos, a veteran actress who has voiced other characters, Halo Infinite, Segan 2 Cyberpunk, and upcoming Gotham Knights. So this definitely has been, you know, rumored for a long time, arguably leaked earlier, and this is just yet another kind of confirmation of that. Um, um, but just a shout out that she hulk is coming to marvel's avengers so if you're still playing that or you're like i want to see what this is about because i want to have a closer connection to greg miller um sure. there you go you greg, know like, yeah. greg and I,
2: andrew goldfarb are stoked for sure
1: <laughs> I, yeah I mean, so like good, shout out to that
2: yeah good for them i i've
0: been uh i i've been on the marketing end of A situation like this oh no uh very similar and uh where it where somebody made a mistake and really something like this and it is so hard because you know the the companies have these these synergistic i hate to use that word or or uh relationship with with influencers and often those relationships really are good for both parties Mm
1: -hmm.
0: but marketers want to control messaging and influencers want to entertain and inform their audiences, and just on volume, sooner or later somebody slips up. Yeah. And, and, you know, and it really is often just a slip up, or just an accidental post, or a, you know, it could literally be just getting the timing wrong on something embargoed. And God, it's just awful for everybody involved. Just terrible. So I have nothing but sympathy for everybody here uh it's it's awful um and as for marvel's avengers yeah greg miller and goldfarb can go play that together because who the hell cares uh.
1: yeah <laughs> there you go <laughs> um but uh she hulk is so far away if i want to know what's coming to mom and grob shops today where would i look I'd look at the
0: official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show hosts
1: each and every weekday! Yay! Oh God, I hit the lights off to the side of me. Uh, out today, let's play Oink Games on PC and Matchpoint Tennis Champions, PC, PS4, PS5, Xbox One, slash X, slash S, series X and S. Um, so there you go. Um, top those if you feel so inclined. Uh, let's dip into your wrong real fast to see if we had any egregious statements. And we do not just a fun fact and then just empty slots for some reason. Um, so shout out to that. Tomorrow's hosts are, uh, Thursday, we got uh, Greg and Tim. I was like, is today Wednesday? Was t- today's Wednesday, right? Yeah. Today's okay,
3: Wednesday. we got Greg It's and Wednesday, Tim. my dudes.
1: Friday, we got Greg and Bless, um, unless this is inaccurate, in which case none of those things are true. And if you're watching live on Twitch after this, Mike and the Jabroni boys are playing The Cycle. And if you want to catch that stream later, make sure you subscribe to YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Plays. This has been Kind of Funny Games Daily, where each and every weekday live right here on Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games, we run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. We have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games. So stick around for that. Otherwise, until next time, Game Daily.